The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Bouchard will take it back. The Oilers will change up, pass through the middle to McDavid. He sprung in. The backhand scores! Connor McDavid on a breakaway! And the Oilers win it 2-1. to one. Well, some brilliance in overtime. Bouchard to McDavid and the Oilers get by the Vancouver Canucks in preseason action tonight at Rogers Place. 2-1 is your final. 55 seconds into the extra frame. McDavid playing his first game of the preseason. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford. Overtime open line. Well, I mean, we saw the strengths of both those players on that play, <laughs> Bouchard to McDavid. Well, yeah, it's funny, as we Bob and I just talked about, I, I don't think either of those two players are going to be excited about the rest of their game. I thought uh, McDavid uh, was just, uh, I wouldn't say mortal, but it wasn't a, a Connor McDavid type of game that we're used to seeing. It's not surprising first game of the season, and Evan Bouchard struggled at times. But what the others have is they got high, high... Um, uh, abilities in some of their players that they can all of a sudden turn nothing into something and on that play there Nugent Hopkins changes McDavid jumps out Quinn Hughes was trying to get off the ice he was exhausted he went towards the bench realized that McDavid jumped out and as Mooner said upstairs if you're looking at Connor's numbers no matter how fast you are you're not going to catch him and Quinn Hughes is one of the prettiest skaters in the National Hockey League he's not catching Connor and a, a wonderful play by Bouchard. He's on his back heels. He was leaning backwards when he sees McDavid jump on, snaps it, mm-hmm. makes the perfect pass. McDavid makes no mistake. And one of the few times in the era of both Connor and Leon, when the Oilers went to overtime, where Connor and Leon didn't start together. Yep. They started separately, and now you saw what happened. You, you survived the first minute with Leon on the ice. Well, here comes a fresh Connor McDavid, catches a tired Quinn Hughes, and the game is over. You referenced if you're looking at McDavid's numbers, it's probably too late. I, I would argue it doesn't just have to be the numbers on his back. If you're beside him and you oh. see the numbers on the arms of the jersey, what's the, that phrase they use in football for sometimes for a defensive back covering a fast receiver? If he's even, he's leaving. And if McDavid's even with you, he's probably leaving you behind. So a great goal to end the game on, on your right. Kind of a, a, this was more of a, a preseason type game than probably the other. I know the Oilers didn't have a great lineup and lost to the game, but more of a preseason type game than the other two, I thought. I, I agree, simply because the Oilers had some high, high skill in the lineup that weren't clicking like they normally are. I mean, the the Oilers' power play, uh, they dumped the puck out of the offensive zone themselves a couple of times. Uh, they missed some passes. They uh, bumbled it a bit. And again, this is the first game for most of those guys. It, it's going to get better, as we know. Uh, so this one was one where players seem to be feeling their way into it, where the games where you have a lot of guys who know it's their only shot, the intensity is up at a much higher rate. Uh, but the one thing that we did see in this game, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it if we get any phone calls, but it, yeah, Connor Brown, the first time we saw Absolutely. him, yep. was excellent in this hockey game. Uh, I'm sure there was a little bit of uh, apprehension, the first shift or two, feeling the knee, see how it feels in, in a game situation. 
and he got stronger as the game went on. And he, in the comparisons to Hyman are true. He plays like Hyman, or Hyman plays like Brown, whichever way you want to do it. Uh, they are very tenacious on the forecheck. They don't stop. Uh, the legs are always moving. We saw him on the penalty kill, which was good tonight for the Oilers, and a couple times had breaks uh, turning a play in his own zone into an offensive chance in the other zone. So uh, the first impression of Connor Brown would be a very good impression. Yeah, I, I thought he was very good. And, and you're right, the, the stakes were, maybe not the stakes were higher, but certainly the excitement and the uh, let's get after it factor and see what I can do would have been higher for him tonight. And, and you're right, there were a couple of times I thought Hyman, he was Hyman and vice yeah. versa when they're controlling the puck down low because they can both get down low, shield it. You think, oh, he's run out of space. No, keeps it alive. Still has, you know, they got the 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 body type, the, mm-hmm. the size to protect the puck, but also the skill to almost look like they're cornered and then still make a play out of it. Well, it's funny. I mean, we, we've joked about it many times how high we are up in the press box that if you actually did change the numbers on the backs of their sweaters, you'd have no idea who was who because they play that similar. Uh, they, on the forecheck, they, they get in there, they steal pucks and then protect it and then make plays. And the biggest thing when you play with Connor and you play with Leon, you want to keep plays alive. And I think that's what both Hyman and, and Connor Brown do is they keep plays alive. And they, what they do is they force the opposition guy to fumble it in the, while he was trying to, to get the puck out. Or they deflect the pass. Or they create the turnover. Now, all of a sudden, instead of Connor and Leon having to start from their own zone to come all the way down to make plays, the plays are now being started in the offensive zone already where they are so, so strong. So... Uh, there's going to be hiccups, I would imagine, for Connor Brown. I don't think it's going to be a straight mm-hmm. upward line coming back after missing the year. But I think the hiccups are going to be few and far between. And he's going to be a very nice compliment to Connor McDavid. Well, and it is, as, as we've seen the Oilers grow here over the past few years, you know, a few years ago, it was like, well, they're not hard enough to play against. They're not hard enough to play against, which often was the case. Now, there's a lot of different ways to be hard to play against. You can just be an absolute bruiser and you're a menace people you know you could hurt you look like you're going to hurt people on the other team uh and then there's the hyman and brown hard to play against uh, where it's just like the other team's just god he's got the puck again like i just i can't he's just never stops like what is this guy going to get to and we've seen players that you know around the league do that on other teams we talked about i i follow the other night for the jets just you look at them and say, like, geez, like this guy's not a, a physical specimen. He's not, they can't skate like the wind like McDavid. He's maybe not a brilliant passer, but man, oh man, I hate playing against this guy. He just never stops. He's always there. He's always involved. Uh, the one thing that the Oilers are now in the top six, their top six is a big, heavy, physical top six. Uh, I mean, you don't, when you look at the two best players in the world, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel, neither one of them gets knocked down ever. They usually initiate the contact instead of taking the contact. It's hard to hit Connor because you can't catch him, but he can certainly catch you a couple times, and he did that tonight, and Leon does too. You got Kane in the top six who plays a little mean, a little nasty, both Hyman and Connor Brown. So it is a very big, heavy top six that is not afraid to go in the blue paint. The Oilers for so long were a perimeter hockey club. Mm -hmm. They are no longer a perimeter, perimeter hockey club, and what we've seen come playoff times the teams that are willing to go into the blue paint, both offensively and defensively, usually are the teams that continue on in the playoffs. Yeah, 2-1, the Oilers win it in overtime tonight. The shot's 29-22 in favor of the Oilers. It was a good performance by both goaltenders, I would say. Uh, DeSmith for Vancouver and Skinner making his first appearance of the preseason 
for the Oilers. He got busy in this game. Hughes scored with 9.38 left in the second period, basically the halfway point of the game. I jotted it down. That was Vancouver's sixth shot on net, and they finished with, with 22. And every highlight I wrote down in the third period, except for Gleason, yeah. in the last minute, good move by him, every highlight I wrote down in the third period was a Skinner save. Uh, I mean, Vancouver had plenty of chances in the third, and Skinner was able to hold the fourth. Yeah, I believe Vancouver was the better team in the third period. The first 40 minutes, it was all Oilers. Uh, in the final 20 minutes, uh, the Canucks were the better team. They had a number of grade-A scoring chances. Uh, and what we've seen, it's funny, we, we've seen a couple goaltenders over the last little while in the exhibition, and some goaltenders are the ones that are moving all over the crease and very energetic, very acrobatic. Skinner's the opposite. Skinner is just positionally sound, and he's big. And we saw that in the game tonight. He was always in the right spot. Doesn't have to move a lot. You don't see uh, overexerting himself because he doesn't have to. And number of very big saves by Stuart Skinner, a big reason they got the win. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Really good things defensively. You know, I think after two periods we'd given up 10 shots, gave up a little bit more in the third. Didn't love the fact that we were in the box as much as we were tonight, but I thought the penalty kill dug in. Uh, we let one goal in and it went off someone's pants and in the net. So I think defensively there was a lot of good there. I didn't see a lot of polish offensively, but in the end we found a way to score enough to win the game. And um, there was a lot of hard efforts positive something to build on and and use as we prepare for tomorrow is is six minors something that it irks you a little bit or it's preseason and these things happen and, and you don't because i mean penalties were something in the playoffs last year that you wanted to address and now you know. yeah just like i said in the previous answer you know i don't think taking a lot of penalties is something we want to do so it's something that has to get cleaned up um you know i think after after two periods, we were in the box for about nine minutes, which is about a quarter of the game. And uh, at that, up to that point, and for us, uh, we're doing lots of real good uh, five-on-five defensively. We got to work on our penalty kill, which is a good thing. Um, but no, obviously, you don't want to be taking six penalties a game. It's not a recipe for sustained success. Jay, what are you liking just in the shot suppression side of your guys' game? I know last game you guys limited the opponents to 15 shots through 40 minutes. You guys do that again tonight. Just what are you seeing on that approach from your team? Yeah, and in the first exhibition game as well, I think I think it's a positive sign because that is where the majority of our focus through training camp has been is been on the defensive side of things and we're seeing some positive results um, but it's three games into the exhibition season but in just terms of systematic five on five play lots of positives lots of things to build on and as we you know continue to work our way through an eight game uh, preseason schedule we're going to add more layers um, and start concentrating on some things on the offensive side as well. Jay, your, your blue line's kind of set. You kind of know, not necessarily who's playing with who, but 
you never know when injuries occur and you need some depth in your organization. Uh, Niemalainen and Gleason played tonight. D very different style of players, but can you give me your assessment of them and, and maybe a little bit more on Gleason and what you've seen in his two games? Phil Kemp also played tonight in the unusual suspect category of guys that maybe all the fans don't know a lot about. Um, so I'll go, I'll start with Phil. Phil's a heart and soul um, player that's been in our organization, great leader in the American League. Um, I think, you know, I saw him break up numerous rushes today, willing to be in a shooting lane. I thought he had a good game. I thought uh, Niemalainen tried to be physical. And, and ratcheted it up the the physical play in the game. He was also in the shooting lane, and and um, he closes fast and is long. And then for Gleason, I thought it was a better game than in game number one uh, for him. I saw what uh, has allowed him to play in four NHL games in his first year in Dallas. Uh, he's somebody that has good vision, can make a play with the puck, get his shot through from the blue line. That's what I saw tonight. Uh, goalies are going full 60s here, which isn't always the case in exhibition season. What's the process to get to that decision? We, you know, we spend a lot of time talking with our goaltenders. We spend a lot of time talking with the goaltending department, and that was something that we just felt, um, you know, we want to get our goaltenders, all of them, up and running of what a real game feels like. Sometimes if, if you only play 30 minutes, your team might have had the bulk of the play and you end up with eight shots on net. Uh, you know, you're not really truly getting the work required to make sure that you're prepared to start the season. So it was just a decision um, to give our guys full games, and that's the way we're going to go as we go forward. If you if you think about it, I th like I said, I don't know what the final shots against were, but Stewart had 10 shots on net in, in the first two periods. If you take him out after 40, you know, he didn't maybe get the work required. But as the game wore on, the other team pushed in certain ways. He had to dig in. I think that helps prepare him for the regular season. I know it's very early, but it is two games of Bouchard and Nurse playing together. What have you seen from those two? Yeah, I think they're they're early in their pairing. I saw some good moments. Obviously, um, the line change in overtime to get uh, Bouchard on for Nurse, and then the pass that Bouchard made was uh, an excellent, uh, excellent feed to Connor. I think um, they've had good moments, and then moments that they got to work through and get better at. But they're a quality pair. That's why they they uh, commanded the ice time they did tonight. <laughs> uh, Jay, first look at first look at Connor Brown. How did he look for a guy that hadn't played in a while? And I think he had a nice turnover on the uh, PK in the first period there. What did yeah. you see from him? Hard worker, um, somebody who uh, can make plays in tight spaces. Uh, he traded the puck nicely with Kane and Connor uh, at different points. I think he's going to fit our team uh, in, in a great way. Um, but also, he's his first game in 11 months. Uh, so, you know, I think he's just happy to get through that game, feel good about himself. He he was in some scoring chances. He was good on the penalty kill. It's a good first game for him. Thanks, guys.
All right, that is Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Oilers win in overtime 2-1 over the Vancouver Canucks. So Woodcroft commenting on Connor Brown, who uh, Rob and I talked about, and talked about... um, not splitting the goalies. I mm-hmm. mean, not half and half or not. And that is a good point because sometimes you have seen, well, this goalie got 12 shots and this guy faced 24. So, well, <laughs> yeah. and you think about it when you're preparing for the regular season, you never split your goalies in a regular season. The only time right. a goalie's coming out is because he didn't play very well or he's injured. So it does make sense. And it was one of those things that coaches always split them and probably there was never a reason why. They just, oh, the guy, they always, we always split them. We always give them 30 minutes each, and we're just going to continue doing it. Put some thought into it, talk to the goalies, talk to the goalie coaches, and I agree. I think that's the best way to go forward. The Japanese Village Goal Light is back for this season, now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the senses. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We'll turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more goals in a game. They're only up to three goals in the preseason, <laughs> but uh, we'll see how it goes uh, once we get into the games that count. Uh, ben Gleason, we should talk about him. Best Oilers scoring chance in the third period. Well, they might have had that one goal mouth on the power play, I think, where they didn't, somebody, Leon Mitterkane might have missed tapping it in. Um, but Gleason weaves around a guy in the final bit of the third period and gets a good shot away. He's only played four NHL games, but I mean, he got 33 points in the AHL last year with Texas, 44 in 70 games two years ago. So, uh, you, you know, again, he's going to add some minor league depth, but I thought he showed fairly well tonight. I, I thought he did, uh, and I agree with what Woodcroft talked about. I mean, he was much better in game two than he was in game one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he struggled a couple times in that game. I think he's a guy that's uh, at the National League level, his ability with the puck is good enough. I think uh, at the National Hockey League level, maybe there's some things defensively he still needs to work on. He would be a very good uh, minor pro defenseman that would run a power play. He would be out with your top players. But he's one of those guys is the guys at the top level that play the style he does. Well, those are the Quinn Hughes, the Bouchards, players like that. So he's not at their level. And then he's not... a a third-pairing guy because a third-pairing guy is a DeHarnay type player. So, But I thought he played well, and he's a guy that's trying to make an impression in case there's an injury down the road. You can get us at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You'll hear from Ben Gleason as we move along tonight. Also from goaltender Stuart Skinner, who backstops the Oilers to a 2-1 overtime win over the Canucks. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. It goes all the way down to DeSmith. Play the puck to Hughes. Long pass that Nico will bring the puck in. Right wing to Bluger. He'll go right across. Nice save made by Skinner. Skinner came across, took it away from Oma. Stuart Skinner is saving the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Skinner with 21 stops. Oilers beat the Canucks 2-1 in overtime. Hughes had a power play goal for Vancouver. Nugent Hopkins scored in the second period. McDavid scored in overtime. Let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's Skinner. How do you evaluate first game back and 
quite a while for you? Uh, for myself personally, uh, not bad, pretty good. Um, I mean, I, uh, I felt pretty good. It took a little while for the game to kind of get going. Um, you know, obviously I had three shots and 30 minutes, something like that. So it t took me a little while. But after uh, after they, I mean, they were roaming around. They were just making good plays, just weren't getting some shots off. But after they were getting some shots, I started to get the feel for the puck. It got a lot better. Is that something that... It's not like you'd ask your guys, hey, let them have some shots, yeah. but it's kind of a fine line where you're like, I'd like to see some the puck a little bit just to get in rhythm. Yeah, I mean, if I, I mean the team's got a, I mean they they played really good in front of me, and that's that's a product of me getting three shots. So it's a huge props to those guys. And my job, no matter what, if I get zero shots until the last two minutes of the game, my job's to stop the puck. So uh, it's my job to make my, make sure that I'm still warm, still ready, and still uh, focused up. So uh, they did their job tonight, and. Uh, it's, whenever it's time for me to do my job, I'll, I'll be there. How many games uh, kind of would you like to play, or you feel would be appropriate for you to prepare for the season? Um, I think I think probably three. Uh, I think three is good. I know we're doing full 60s, so um, it'll be nice just to you know get into the rhythm of, of games. Um, you know, normally in the past we'll do half a game or one period. It's nice to kind of get the full 60 right under the belt. Uh, it's nice to do it tonight, being able to feel the PKs and being able to feel the heart going a, a couple times and get the cardio up. So it's nice. Is the full 60 thing? Did he talk to you guys say what do you want to do, or did he come to you and say that's how we're doing it this year? Um, it was just a conversation between everybody. Um, we we're kind of just talking about what's going to be best for us uh, as a group, and uh, kind of came up with that solution. So. Uh, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna test it out this preseason, and it'll uh, it'll be fun. It'll be nice for us. Remember last year, you talked about how um, not having a lot of pucks. You, you know, it was a work on your focus, and you wanted to improve there. How did you how do you feel? Did you notice a difference? Were you able to keep yourself in the game despite not getting a lot of rubber? Yeah, I mean, every day is different. Um, today, there wasn't a ton of distractions going through my mind, which was nice, but. Uh, changes every single day tomorrow there might be a million distractions going on in my mind so it's uh it really depends on the day but um again that's kind of what i've been working on is making sure that i'm being able to stay focused and do the things that i need to do to be successful all right that's Stuart skinner after a 2-1 overtime win for the Oilers over the canucks tonight at rogers place yeah rob the uh like we were saying bit of a some good moments in the game, probably for both teams. I, I mean, probably both coaches are thinking, okay, <laughs> like, let's, let's get some video out of this that we can teach with. And, and also knowing that, like you were saying, there, there's probably, there, there will be some players who will be a little more interested in a, <laughs> in a couple of weeks from tonight. Well, I think Rick Talk, it's probably going to be a little bit happier right. with the way the game went for his team. Uh, he, his team was undermanned. Uh, yet they had a bunch of younger players or players that are going to be in the minors this year come up and play quite well. Uh, I mean, any time you can limit Connor and Leon to one point through 60 minutes, they did a pretty good job. Uh, they did a good job penalty killing against the Oilers' top unit. Now, I don't think the Oilers' top unit was clicking the way it's going to a week to two weeks from now. Uh, so I, I don't think Talkett's going to mind the way his game went. I think... Uh, Jay is going to think that, you know what, there were parts of our game that I like, but there's also parts of the game that need to be cleaned up. And to me, the biggest one will be penalties. And I know Woodcroft talked about it a bit. He was asked a question about it. It was something, and, and it, when you said it last year in preseason, it, we, 
I mean, we all said, oh, it's, it's preseason. These don't matter. But then it leaked into the regular season. And then it went up and down during the season. They might have fixed it here or there, but then it leaked into their game in the playoffs. So, again, tonight, six penalties. Again, it's preseason means nothing, but it's the same kind of penalties that we saw from the same, t- same players last year in important moments. So, for me, that's, this team will clean up the offensive part of it. They'll start clicking quickly. The thing that they want to clean up also is the penalties. They've got to be a more disciplined hockey club. We, before we go to Dallin on the phone line, uh, Brandon Sutter played again tonight. I thought he was better tonight than he was in the first game. I thought he was okay in the first game. Uh, I, I tell you, what a story that'll be if he can come get a contract and contribute to a team after being gone for two and a half years and being quite ill at times during that. So uh, he, he is a, a consummate pro that understands what his role is, and he thought he played it very well tonight. Scoreboard is presented by Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Blue Jays fell 6 nothing to the Yankees in the NHL. We'll just uh, focus on some Canadian teams here. Flames beat the Jets 3-2. And the Canadians beat the Senators 4-3. Toronto over Buffalo 5-2. Oilers will play in Calgary on Friday. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Dallin on the line. Hey, Dallin, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey there. Uh, it's Dallas again. Uh, apologies. I don't know if I pronounced the S good enough. Oh, no, it's my uh, fault. Just, Sorry about that. No, that's okay. Uh, I just wanted to comment on two, maybe three things. Uh, one, I didn't know Gleason was playing tonight. Um, I thought he played really well. He played very well in the penalty kill. I thought he played pretty well 5-on-5. There were a couple of decisions I didn't fully like, but I mean, overall, that is a very good 7-C manifest we're rolling with. Uh, Two, Connor Brown. I knew I was going to love him. I love his four check on the penalty kill power play, everything. He is a man with size, determination, and grit, and I think exactly who the Oilers needed. I know it's not really a question, but uh, I appreciate you boys, and uh, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on Brown and uh, Gleason tonight. Uh, yeah, thanks. For that. Well, for sure, Brown, uh, we talked about him earlier uh, as advertised and likely yep. to get more comfortable and, and, and get better and a consistent uh, persist, uh, consistent and persistent player, I think, <laughs> is what you're hoping for if he's, if he's like Zach Hyman. And yeah, Gleason, you were talking about him, Rob. I, I mean, He won't be seven, uh, as that caller, was, as Dallas just said. Uh, nine on the, the depth chart because the set, top seven are here. Nima is probably eight. Yeah. So I would think nine at best. Yeah, and Kemp's in that group too. Yeah, and, but when it comes, comes to Nima Leinen, Kemp, Gleason, it'll be t- depending on which player is yeah. injured and which player they have to fill in for. Gleason's a guy that'll come up if they need someone to move the puck. If they're playing against a team like that, the other two will come up if you need a shutdown type defenseman. Yeah, but... Uh yeah, he made a good play. I mean, yep. he made a play that stood out. He could have ended the game. Yeah, 100%. So. Uh, he, he's good when the puck's on his stick. He, he makes smart, heady plays. And uh, I thought he was much better tonight than he was in game one that he played and made a good impression, enough that the coach talked about him after the game. Yeah, 2-1 Oilers beat the Canucks in overtime tonight. So Edmonton's record in the preseason now 1-1-1 one, one, and one with still five games to go. Uh the Oilers' goal in regulation time, 6.06 left in the second period. Drysaddle set up Nugent Hopkins, and that was an interesting play because Bouchard had the puck right where you would want Bouchard yeah. to have the puck, <laughs> and that, that opportunity fizzled out, but then the Oilers were able to score on a second chance. Well, yeah, it's, we, we talked about um, Bouchard got walked one-on-one, and Kazank 
Kuzmenko, Kuzmenko had a, a wonderful opportunity. He's going to make a nice save. And then all of a sudden, Bouchard can make up for it. And he's got the puck 12 feet from the net. And nobody between him and the goalie. And he just kind of flubbed it. He just kind of pulled it. The puck didn't come like he thought. And at that point, you thought, okay, the Oilers' best scoring chance of the game just went by the wayside. Instead, uh, the puck gets knocked out. Nugent Hopkins, smart play, comes in late because he's the, the fourth guy coming up, takes the puck, and the man that's on him, Garland, makes a poor decision. They're battling together. Nugent Hopkins gets the puck to Leon. He goes to the front of the net, kind of pops out into the, to the quiet zone in front of the net. Garland leaves him, attacks Leon, and Leon just lick, licking his chops there. He's like, all right, send two guys at me. Someone's open. And Nugent Hopkins, the, the key to that wasn't where he put it. It was the fact that he put it quickly. Mm-hmm. So the goaltender, uh, DeSmith's tr- trying to come out, and... He has no time to get set, and when you don't have time to get set, there's a bunch of different areas that the puck can slide through. Nugent Hopkins got, got it on it quickly, and uh, hopefully uh, one of many more for Ryan Nugent Hopkins coming off his career year. Yeah, snapped that one in, uh, as, and the one one after two, and I should reference the shots. It was, the shots were 19-11 for Edmonton after two periods. Van, then Vancouver outshot the... And you know, one of those guys, we've seen him in the league a while now, one of those guys is just like, man, that Teddy Bluger. I feel like whenever he plays against the Oilers, I mean, he could have scored twice in the first three minutes of the third period. Well, he had the shorthanded breakaway. Yep. Uh, where and he was all alone in front, and Skinner stopped him. And, and he, I thought he was very good uh, defending, too. He was out a lot against Connor McDavid. And, yeah, I, th- I thought he had an excellent game. And he was one of those guys, in a game where there's a lot of players you don't really know, and there's a lot of new players for the Canucks wearing numbers you're not used to, he always, I'm like, oh, who's 53? Oh, that's, yeah, Bluger. He's yeah. having a really good game. I, very noticeable tonight. He and Quinn Hughes. Uh, Quinn Hughes. I, yeah. I, I'd like to just one day go on the ice and where someone just puts some pixie dice dust on me and I can skate like <laughs> Quinn Hughes. I mean, Connor McDavid is powerful, powerful skater. Yeah. Quinn Hughes floats out there. Yeah. He just floats. Wonderful to watch. He had an outstanding game. Unfortunate for him, he got caught on the wrong side of Connor McDavid in overtime. But one of the best young players in the National Hockey League. I, I like how you put that, that he floats, which often is a bad term in hockey, but that's not how we're, we're using <laughs> when, it. When coaches said but, I floated, they yeah. were talking a different way, <laughs> but, but yes. But yeah, because a lot of players in hockey, like when they're skating fast, I mean, I know they go at an incredible speeds at the highest level like this, but... There, some guys like their arms and legs are just flying everywhere, and their sticks going back and forth like one of those ships, you yep. know, in the amusement parks that, that go back and forth. And then Hughes, it's like, is he even trying? I mean, of course he is, but he's so effortless. There was one time uh, Leon was carrying the puck out of uh, the other zone and had a head of steam going up the boards, and Quinn Hughes, again without even looking like he's moving, came all the way back and just guided Leon into the boards and forced Leon to put the puck in deep. Uh, he, he he reminds me of, of a Kale McCarr where he just effortless the way he skates yet finds himself all over the ice. Uh, he, he is a great hockey player that uh, we are very fortunate being in the same division as the Vancouver Canucks get to see him a whole bunch. Yeah, and uh, I, I think the Canucks, I know the last couple of years have been strange for them. I mean, coaching changes... <laughs> Each year, the whole Boudreaux fiasco yep. last year, I, I think they're they're going to be a threat in the division this year. I could I could very easily see them getting back into the playoffs. Well, they'll they'll need goaltending. Yeah, uh, and if they get the goaltending, they do have they do have some skill. Uh, they're going to have to need uh, their power play is going to have to be good. Uh, but yeah, it's 
they're capable. I mean, they've shown spurts over the last year where they all of a sudden have this huge run. Yep. Uh, but it's the starts to the season have been horrible for right. the Vancouver Canucks. They put themselves so far behind the eight ball. And then the one year where they got COVID that just completely decimated their team. But uh, I, they've got a couple really good players. It's going to come down to do they get the goaltending. I do believe Rick Tockett's a good coach and will get every ounce of energy out of that team. Yeah, and you mentioned the starts to the season. And when the Oilers broke that playoff drought in 16-17, they had a great start to the mm-hmm. season. Now, last year they were 7-3 and three and then they had a bad stretch and they were only 10-10 and 10 after 20 games. But I think they knew okay, we, if you're a team that's trying to get back into the play, like Seattle last year, right? They had yep. some good stuff early, and then they started thinking like, oh my goodness. Yeah, we don't have to think like a second-year team anymore that's just trying to, yep. you know, get to 78 points. Like, we can we can get in. Well, and now with the Canucks, because they've had a couple struggles, if they start slowly again, it's all of a sudden deja vu. Here yeah, we here go. Here we are. Yeah. And, okay, what, what, what's going to go wrong for us next? They need some positive energy out of the gate. Now, a 10 nothing. <laughs> preseason <laughs> loss is not something that they need, but I, I do believe they're a better team. I think I know that uh, Bob said, and I'm not sure what you thought too about Seattle. I think Seattle's still going to be a good hockey club, and they will push for a playoff spot. Uh, the playoffs are not going to be easy to make in the Western Conference. There's some very, very good teams, and that's why it's paramount. Any team that wants to make a playoff push this year has to have a good start to the season, hence why all these teams are doing all their system play early in training camp, putting their lines together. They all know the importance of the first 10, 12 games of the year. Okay, we'll call a quick timeout, uh, and then we'll sneak in one more phone call. Oilers over the Canucks, 2-1 in overtime. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. Now Bouchard will walk in over the line. He'll shoot it. Partially fanned on it, and he lost it. Nugent Hopkins, it was blocked as well. Puck goes to the left wing. Nugent Hopkins scores! He got the pass from Dreisaitl. Goes five hole. All right, that was the Oilers' goal in the second period. McDavid scored in overtime on a great pass from Bouchard. 2-1 Edmonton over Vancouver. Let's uh, go to Alex on the Certainty Hotline. Alex, go ahead. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Good. Yeah, it was, uh, well, you know, my uh, thing I was going to look at from, from the drop of the puck was obviously Connor Brown because that's what everyone was probably going to look forward to seeing. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised, even though it's only one game, uh, you know, he's obviously going to be good on the power on the penalty kill. And, uh, yeah, so that was good. You know, I, I know they took so many a couple of penalties, too many tonight, but... A few that I saw, the splash that Leon uh, gave, the, and then uh, was it Nurse? He uh, jumped on the same guy, is that correct? Uh, the What was his name again? I think it was Joshua that Nurse went after. Yes, Dakota, yeah. And then it was uh, a Swedish kid that Leon slashed, I think, Amen or Amen or something like that. I can't remember his name, but they were two, I think they were two different players. Yeah, I mean, I don't see that, uh, you know, those kind of penalties happen too many from those guys, but... Uh, well, the I thing is, though, that the detractors are going to say Leon got the slashing penalty on Dowdy in the playoffs, right? Oh, there's a few yeah, slashing yeah. penalties yeah. got in the playoffs, so, yes. You know. you're, you're right. I just got a question for you guys. I know we, uh, the team lost Tim, Tim Costin this year, and, uh, you know, I heard some people thinking that might be a concern for someone who, who might be able to drop the gloves every now and then. Uh, uh, I don't know. What do you guys think about... Uh, 
I mean, who could replace that kind of toughness? But I know obviously they, the Oilers, the Oilers have a tough team. They they're not going to miss Costin for that. They got enough guys that can fight. It's a it's a non-fighting league. Uh, the Oilers, to me, are a bully when it comes to most teams in the National Hockey League. Costin uh, was a nice player, but uh, they they are more than heavy enough as a team for the physical part of I don't see any team out there that's going to challenge them physically. Yeah, he, I mean, Costin was a great story. Yep, 100%. Last year, will the Oilers uh, miss him? I mean, I guess ultimately we'll, we'll find out. I mean, to be fair, there were some nights also where he got six minutes of ice yep. time. So, but, but I mean... Good, good for him to go to Detroit. One hundred percent. I hope things free, work out. He was a fun story last year, and he scored some big goals in the playoffs. Yeah, he did. If we're looking at everything uh, as a whole, but yeah, I mean that's that, that's fair for Alex to bring that up. We could we could be watching that as the season goes on. Okay, Rob, we're going to wrap her up. Uh, big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at six thirty. Chad Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place. So Bob has Oilers now from five to seven tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from seven to eight. Our next game broadcast. Is Friday, Oilers at Flames, 5.30 for the face-off show, game at 7. 2-1 the final for the Oilers in overtime tonight. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.